Hello, I'm Stuart Preston, and this is the Stoned Ape Reports, where I have conversations with those who have changed their lives with the power of psychedelics. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Robin. It's her second time on the podcast. She's back to share this deep experience with transgenerational forgiveness, abuse, grief, oh, and some mushrooms too. So let's hear from Robin. Robin, thank you so much for, for coming back. You're actually the first return guest that, that I've had here. It's, it's been a little while we've been doing these episodes, and I always love catching up with people to see what, what's going on here. And I know you have some stuff to, to update us about. You know, last time you were here, it was pretty, pretty big and impactful. You know, yeah. it was talking about some PTSD and, and therapy sessions where, you know, some of your shadow work came out and your repressed memories, you know, came out. So first of all, thanks for, thanks for coming back and sharing, especially on this, as you told me when we started here, the thank you plant medicine day. Yay. What a good day for us to have. Yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> It's a good day for us to have this conversation. So yay. Yes. Yes. For thank it you plant is. medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like, um, Oh, you're just such an amazing human and to have this platform is incredibly healing. I know how important it is for us to, you know, digest and dissect and, and integrate the work with, with a therapist um, before we come on and do something permanent with the internet. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I was looking forward to it almost like, oh, I have a therapy session this morning. <laughs> it could feel like that for both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to share yeah. this, um, this story I'm going to share with you. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I, I really appreciate it. Everything you do, and, and you know the communications we've had here, online, offline, or whatever. I just uh, appreciate you, and, and really grateful you came back on to to talk about this. So, what what is it? Uh, what has been going on? What's the update? Well, first, I, I want to say, um, in honor of Thank You Plant Medicine Day, the story that I'm going to share with you, and I'm, I might cry, so mm. if, I, if you hear me go silent, um, it's just because I'm emotional, is that yeah. I'm already emotional, <laughs> <laughs> that this story is about um, finding true forgiveness and how life-changing that's been for me to feel to feel that yeah it's such a hard one and so many people go into this looking to forgive themselves to forgive others it's such a big thing in the plant medicine community it is it is and that's what's so incredible about these medicines is that they show us um our ability to have compassion. And when we feel compassion for a situation or ourselves or another human, something softens in us. And when mm. that part softens, especially in our heart space, we're more open to be present and to experience joy as opposed to working so hard to hold on to the anger, hold on to the resentment. Yeah. And so that's, I take it that's the uh, kind of subject matter of what, what the medicine was talking to you about. Eventually. Yeah. It was rough first. I'll tell you all about it. So, so it didn't um, make it easy on you. It did not. It did not. Yeah. Spirit was hard. So yeah. um, just a real quick recap in our first interview, um, I had shared with you that during an MDMA uh, therapy session, I had a suppressed memory 
come up of mm-hmm. um, my father abusing me. And I had spent my whole life kind of feeling like maybe something happened, mm-hmm. but to have that suppressed memory come up um, was validating. It was like, Oh, no wonder this, 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 you know, the 40 plus years of my life. No wonder yeah. I had all of these, this dysfunction. Um, and my poor body, how exhausting it was for me to carry this memory. So my body and my brain thought they were doing me a favor by suppressing it, but it really was just leaking my life force energy, my whole, you know, my whole life. So it was relieving, but it also really wrecked my world, as you can imagine, to find mm-hmm. out, you know, somebody that you love and was supposed to support and protect you um, yeah. did this did this thing. So um, I was I was struggling to really integrate this into into my life, and um, it got pretty messy, which is to be expected. So interestingly enough, I'll fast forward. Um, about a year after, yeah, it was a year after that session, um, my beloved dog unfortunately passed away. Mm. And my partner and I were getting ready to go to a trip to Arizona. So after my dog died, which, which really wrecked me, um, mm. I felt the call to uh, do a plant medicine ceremony by myself, uh, mushrooms specifically. So we, the trip was planned. We were going and I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to do this. I felt like I needed to, I don't know. It was, there was something deep calling in, inside of me to, to do this so I could feel connected to my dog to find out, you know, where he was or if he had mm-hmm. anything to say to me. Um, I wasn't really sure, but I was happy to keep it loose. So, um, on, uh, one afternoon or one morning, rather, I took, um, four and a half grams of psilocybin. And usually what I do is I make sure that my set and setting is all ready to go. So I've got, you know, a safe place, um, music, water, food, um, and then I, you know, I, I do a ritual. I say a prayer over the medicine, which is usually show me what I'm supposed to see. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just leave it at that because I've always, the medicine is more wise than I am. <laughs> so um, it started out with me, you know, just sort of crying about my dog. I had his urn in my arms and had a little playlist that I made for him. And I could feel myself, um, I, when I closed my eyes, I could feel the vibration of my sobbing vibrating all the way to the center of the universe, mm. which is where I found his, his energy. And I had this incredible visual of his energy and my energy just being fused in, wow. in eternity yeah, it was really um, beautiful and painful all all at once. Yeah, that must have been yeah that that beauty there to feel that that the two energies coming together in, in a way that maybe you kind of already knew was was mm, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And to actually see it was just yeah. 
solidifying and reassuring and I could feel it in my heart. It was, it was almost like something that was being wrapped around my heart and these beautiful colors. Um, And then (laughs) um, I also, I'm trying to think, I I really want to make sure that I get to the part about healing the childhood. So I'll, I'll move quickly through this part, but what happened next was really interesting. Um, I had some other um, people (laughs) that had passed away show up. And Mm. so I I was in, in this um, bed at an Airbnb and um, all of a sudden my, um, I was engaged to somebody long ago who had died of a heroin overdose and he Mm -hmm. showed up. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I didn't realize that there was some extra grief left over that my, my dog passing had triggered. Yeah. So I was, you know, talking and laughing with him and ta- sort of like talking and laughing with my dog, mostly crying, lots and lots of crying. Um, and so it was interesting that the mushrooms sort of dug up this old grief that I had tucked away and maybe never fully, fully dealt with. Mm. Um, And he passed away in 2001. So this is a long time ago. So I was really surprised, but um, I think as you know, better than anybody, grief has a tendency to sort of poke at other things. Um, Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it rings a lot of bells. It, exactly. Yeah. So um, then <laughs> Spirit was like, well, I know you really wanted to do this for your dog and to, you know, just some healing and connect with him, but we have something else for you to do today. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it goes. Here it goes. And whenever I do, um, whenever I take, psilocybin there i have a a very um powerful it's almost like telepathy it's like it's like a sixth sense that happens there's a communication a really clear communication i could hear spirits messages as Mm. though someone's sitting in front of me and talking to me so they literally said that to me (laughs) What, what did they say to you they said um we, you have, you, I know that you wanted to do this other thing. Oh, we I see. Have, yeah. 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 <laughs> they literally it wasn't like you experienced it. They were like, the spirits were there with you and said, Hey, I know you had these other plans, but here we go. But here we go. Yeah. And so, um, all of a sudden, um, I was taken to, and, and it's hard to, it's hard to really put into words. I'm sure, you know, so I'll do my best, but basically I was taken into my childhood and the whole room that I was in sort of transformed into um, a really dark, dark, scary place. Mm. And all around me were veils being lifted one after another, after another. And behind these veils, Stuart, were all of the things that happened to me with my father Mm. in my childhood, where it happened, when it happened, how old I was. So I was seeing, 
I was just seeing everything and it was, I could feel myself sort of descending. It was almost like I was moving underground because it was getting darker and darker and heavier and heavier. And um, it was just, it, it was like coming out of the shower curtain. Like there was really no more denying at this point because I think after my first, when my, when the suppressed memory came up, um, I stopped it. You know, the therapist that was sitting with me, he was like, mm -hmm. do you want to go further? And I was like, no, I've seen enough. Yeah. And because of that, I think I still had in my mind, like, well, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I just, yeah. you know, sort of trying doubt. to rationalize. It was more like, like the, the general memory came up of, oh my gosh, this happened. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, the spirits came to you and just ripped the veil off very specific memories. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. No more denying it, Robin. No more, no more put, <laughs> there's, there's so much shit that we need to clean out of you. And today is the day. <laughs> Sorry to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just gave you evidence. They just said, yeah, it's, uh, you, you you're questioning this in your mind. But yeah. you can't question it anymore because here's the the hard the hard memories that you've suppressed. Here it is, and I've heard people talk about this before. There was a Tim Ferriss podcast where he was um, shown in detail. Um, he and he does this openly, so I feel okay about saying this. Obviously, yeah. where in his ayahuasca ceremony, um, his abuse was revealed to him in a very clear and specific way. So. Um, yeah, I've definitely wow. heard this happen for people before. Um, at one point, by the way, during all of this, there was a whisper right in my ear just going, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. Huh. And yeah, when we grew up, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, making sure everything looked good on the outside mm. because of what was going on on the inside. Yeah. So is that, are, are you suspicious or do you suspect that people knew what was going on and they were covering it up? I think that, and this is a big part of the journey too, that I'll get to. I think that my mom may have suspected. Yeah. And I think that's probably about it because, you know, I'm 48 and back in those days when I was a little girl, people weren't, as savvy, I guess you could say about these kinds of things. I mean, it was mm -hmm. happening. It happens to so many people. I mean, I specialize in healing sexual abuse and my practice mm -hmm. is full. So that tells you something. Right. I don't mean to yeah. laugh. I just, um, yeah, there's a lot of that trauma out there and that's just one little tiny slice of the trauma that people are dealing with. That's right. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. So, um, yeah, this, the smoke and mirrors and, um, is, is talking to me. And at one point, um, the layers, they just kept ripping the veil, another veil, another veil. And I said, um, I got up on the bed and I put my arms out and I said, <laughs> it's funny to say this out loud, but I said, back the fuck up. I've seen <laughs> enough. And I called my boyfriend who was out um, rock hounding and I said, it's too much. It's too much. They won't stop. And he said, listen, it was like my, <laughs> my uh, 
long distance trip sitter. He said, listen, you invited them here. Let them do what needs to be done. You're going to be okay. I'm here for you. Mm, that's beautiful. It's amazing. You had somebody that was that, that wise really. Yeah. To, to understand what was going on and that you, you needed to, to see it through almost like the, from the first session to the second one, you know, I know it wasn't one and two, there may have been stuff in between, but I'm, the therapy set a year ago when the memories first popped up and you're like, yeah, I'm not ready to fully look at all this. That's right. Exactly. And then this one, this one pops up and starts showing you all these specific things to the point where you're again, you're almost like, I just can't take this. And you call your long distance trip sitter and he had the wisdom to say, no, no, let it, let it go. Let it, let it go. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, I think that did more come. Did it enter? Into yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what, here's where the forgiveness starts to happen. This mm. is so powerful. And I'm, trust me when I say that my words do not do justice to this experience that I had this day. Yeah. Spirit then, or psilocybin, whatever you want to call it, started to show me where it originated. It showed me my father's childhood, the abuse that he endured. Mm. And it took me all the way back to his father, his grandfather, and his great grandfather, all the way back to the Holocaust. Wow. It was, it was unbelievable. I was, it was almost like I was in a tunnel where I'm just sort of fast forward with all of these like, like veins and, and blood and like, like I was traveling through space and it took me to, and I knew that my father had a hard childhood. I know that his father beat him severely, but it also sort of revealed to me um, the extent of the abuse and Mm. how his father was abused, et cetera, et cetera. So this generational trauma that was funneled into my father, who all of a sudden is married and has to raise two little girls with no tools and no support and no love and no experience of what it's like to be a good father or to have a good father. Mm. So his PTSD was beyond himself. It was just years and years and years of abuse being passed through this family. Yeah. And yeah. The PTSD stacking up. Stacking up. Exactly. And I started to cry for him. Mm. I started to cry for him. Um. At that point, I had already been in this journey for a couple of hours, and I decided to turn on. Um, I don't like to listen to music because it interrupts what spirit, you know, the conversations, like I said, interrupts. Yeah. So, but at that point, I felt like I needed something to shift a little bit. Um, so I just put on like an ohm in the background. And yeah. what happened was it then shifted to my mom and here's what's yeah 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 they were like we're still not done (laughs) (laughs) next chapter next chapter are we okay on time yeah absolutely 
so what's interesting is that part of um, my PTSD um, is that I would disassociate. I disassociated a lot when I was a little girl. I didn't know what that was then. And nobody knew that I was disassociating. People would just say like, you're such a daydreamer. Why don't you pay attention? Like what's wrong with you? I didn't realize then that that was PTSD. And I was like, just Mm -hmm. checking out, you know, days would go by and I'd be like, what happened? Or I'd be in ballet class and like the end of the class would come and the teachers would be like, what's wrong with you? So just this weird thing that I experienced throughout my whole life. And I had obviously gotten better at dealing with it once I understood what it was, but I did still notice that there were moments where I would kind of still check out and not be fully present. And I always wondered why or where it had come from. My mom was the same way. My mom was very, um, very depressed, very anxious, had a lot of different uh, issues of her own. She had an eating disorder and she would also disassociate. Mm -hmm. And I always resented her for it. I always resented her for not being present because I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have that empathy up to your mom at that point. You're like, Hey, I need you to be here for me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so for a long time, I just looked back thinking, you know, my mom wasn't present and I, yeah. So when the medicine said, okay, it's your mom's turn, I thought, oh boy. And the whisper kept coming back, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. And it's, yeah, yeah. And it showed me that her lineage of trauma as well, somewhere, somewhere along the way, in her lineage, in her life, she was taught to ignore her gut, don't stir the pot. If things are wrong or bad, just ignore it to keep the status quo. That was her job. Her job was to be the peacekeeper Mm. and to not call the truth out. Leave it alone. Leave it alone and do your job and keep your head down. Which then and that's into your experience. What's that? Which then seems to maybe have played into your experience in terms of. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that a mother knows a mother's instinct, a woman's instinct. You can't deny it. Mm-hmm. And so for her to suppress what she sensed was going on in the home um, is, is just, it's, it's sad. It's really yeah. sad. And so that and sadness th- you have for her kind of opens that door to forgiveness. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely. Um, and it was interesting too, because it also helped me make the connection between the eating disorder. So when you mm. think about listening to your gut and the gut is the place where we have our hmm. most wisdom Mm-hmm. But it's also the place where this disease is formed, the eating disorder, how mm-hmm. hard you're working to detach from your gut. So, of course, you're going to have an issue with food. Of course, you're going to be, you know, dis- having dysfunctions in that area because you're working so hard to detach from the very thing that is like your life force, mm-hmm. especially as a mom, especially as a woman. So, 
it helped me to see why I had been disassociating, where my eating disorder came from, and what had been passed on to her. And again, it took it took me all the way back to her to her ancestors, and all the way back, it kept showing me to the Holocaust. I mean, that's as far back as it went for me, at least in my in my journey on that day. Both of my parents are Jewish. Wow, and they they've got all that Holocaust trauma mm-hmm. that they've brought brought up. Did they did so your parents obviously they probably met completely separately and brought similar histories together. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. All that, that trauma. Amazingly awful. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm you know, as the the medicine just really wanted me to see um these people aren't bad. They don't hate you, which I already knew. They just have their own trauma and it goes back and it's bigger than you, Robin. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than them. And, you know, they don't have therapy. They don't have plant. I mean, they do, but the message I was getting was, you know, there's these, these bodies, these souls that carrying this lineage, this transgenerational trauma, Mm -hmm. of course, they're going to pass it on to you. Of course, they're going to pass it on to you and your sister. And, it was it was really visual. It was very hard. Um, I started to uh, I started to then come down, and I couldn't really figure out. I was I was angry to be honest with you. I was like, God mm. damn it! I just wanted to, you know, talk to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel like I've been run over by a a Mack truck. So. Um, I sent my good friend a text, this woman who I'd actually never met before. She and I um, just became friends on Instagram and we talk on the phone, this beautiful Mm. woman. And so I sent her a text and I told her that this, you know, I said, just kind of explained to her what happened. And she said to me, wow, that little spirit rocket helped you heal your transgenerational trauma or your generational trauma. And I was like, Oh my God, she's right. My dog is the one that sort of initiated all of it and was with me through all of it. And that's what really helped me to solidify what the hell had just happened. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that must feel, you must feel such a deeper connection. Uh, I do. His name was Rocket? No, his name was Paxton. Yeah, that's why, that's why I thought. The, the, I just heard you say Rocket. I was, that was yeah, just, she called him a spirit rocket. <laughs> a spirit rocket, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she called him a spirit rocket. Wow. And yeah. And by the way, just a quick little note, I I do not recommend for people to do this sort of work on their own. I mean, usually people have a trip sitter or a therapist at their side. I just, I I guess I, I like to do it alone um, because it gets so messy and I'm so codependent that if somebody else was in the room, it would just take me out of my experience. I'd be worried about them Mm -hmm. too much. You know what I mean? I personally know exactly what you mean. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I don't, uh, I like to have somebody close enough to throw me a lifeline if needed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but otherwise I just want, I just want it to be me and my energy. Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully said. So what I want to say is, um, you know, I was still grieving and that was a lot to process, but I, the greatest gift that came out of this, out of this session, you could imagine is that I feel, um, the deep forgiveness and compassion that I feel for my mom mm -hmm. and for my father is, it's incredible. I mean, that like anxiety that I feel when I have to like call them is completely gone. Mm. I feel like I can just see them clearly as two human beings with their own souls, with their own journey. Yeah. Something's been severed, but like in a good way, like there's no longer that, like you wronged me. Yeah. And honestly, you know, and for somebody who's listening that has also been sexually abused by a family member, I'm not condoning, I'm not condoning at all. And forgiveness, Jack Cornfield talks about this all the time. Forgiveness does not mean condoning. It just means that you are releasing yourself from holding on to the poison hmm. of the action. Right. Yeah. So does your does your father know that you have dug up these memories? He does not. So it's it, when you call him, you feel better. You feel compassion because you understand the the soul that he is, and you have forgiven him but but there's no real need to hash over anything or, or let him know there was no parallel anger that came up along with this correct yeah and after my first session the mdma session um i did confront him about my childhood but sort of leaving that part out because he was you know he was he was a scary person yeah. And when I confronted him, you know, he cried and he said, I've been waiting for you to come to me about this. I'm, I'm sorry. I was a terrible father and I have mm. PTSD and you deserve, you have every right to, I mean, it was very, very um, validating and, and, and just listening and not making excuses and not trying to gaslight me. So, I felt like that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. What a story. So you, I was going to ask you, this is really something. I mean, obviously you know, it's something I don't need to tell you because you went through this amazing thing, but for some, to go through this and for people listening to this, I think so many people would want to have a similar journey mm. with similar mm -hmm. healing you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I guess I got to throw the, the same old caveat out there. Number one, you know, psychedelics are not for everybody. There are a lot of, um, contraindications for, for people with certain conditions and, uh, mental health issues should just not, not do those right. They're just not for everybody right. and right. proper set setting. All this stuff has to really be taken into account for your own health and, and benefit. But if somebody's listening to this and is like, wow, I could really use, you know, something like this. What, what, what advice would you have for them in a general, you know, kind of a way in terms of, you mentioned set and setting your, your dose, your substance. Is there anything else out there that you might want to say, you know, it's kind of, here's the things you got to think about. 
Yes, thank you so much for asking. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, so perfect. If you are looking to have a similar experience around, yeah, around PTSD of any kind, I think that working with an integration therapist is crucial because the prep work that I had done going into this, I think allowed the medicine to say, okay, she's ready. Mm. Um, And then also um, to really do your research around dose. So I've done large doses before. That's usually how I do these journeys. I, um, my, my thought is if you're going to have a, if you're just go big or go home. Yeah. So, um, but that's not for everyone. So as far as dosage, I think it really depends on how seasoned you are, um, whether or not somebody's going to be in the room, um, things like that. So, you know, so for some person it could be two and a half grams is enough or three grams might be enough. You don't have to do the four or five grams. Um, And as far as set and setting, making sure that there's not only a safe person nearby, but somebody who understands that when you hit the hard stuff, when you get to the darkness, that they're not going to pull you out um, Mm -hmm. to, to sit with you through it. It's not about making you feel better. It's about cleaning out that that wound that's been festering. We want to clean it and we want to heal it. And there and and it hurts when we do that. So yeah. being able to understand that you're about to walk through some darkness. You're going to go into the shadow, but on the other side is the light. So more and more I'm seeing that there are like um, trained trip sitters. Mm-hmm. Um um, and there's integration services online. So if you can't find an integration um, therapist, like in your hometown, there's lots and lots of resources. Um, so, and to also make sure that you're talking through these things before you just jump into a journey. Now, I might be wrong about that because like I said, the plant, med- these medicines, they're so wise and they're so loving and they're so, it's, uh, it's just incredible. Yeah but I just like for people to be prepared. So when I'm, when I'm working with a client who's about to do a journey, you know, depending on their trauma or their PTSD or what the nature of it was, we might do something anywhere from like one month to six months before they'd have a journey. Um, Some people like to just dive in who am I to say, don't do it that way. I do my best to guide people. Um, And then of course the afterwards, finding a safe person to process with. I think a lot of times we get so excited about these experiences. We just want to share it with the world, but you have to be really careful because you've what you, it's, it's sacred. It's sacred. You can't just share it with anybody. You want to make sure you're sharing it with somebody like sharing with you today is so incredibly healing because I could feel you get it. You get it. And I could feel that. And I thank you. You're so awesome. But if I were to share it with, you know, say you know an acquaintance i mean it would would just take all the magic out of it (laughs) yeah and i've been there you share with the wrong person and then you find them staring at you like a dog Mm, you're just mm. like what Mm -hmm. you know it's like i just i was thinking way outside the comfort zone of this human being and it's having an effect on my on my own experience that's right exactly yeah good point good point And I also just want to say that, you know, everyone handles 
sexual abuse differently. You know, I've had people, clients confront their perpetrator and cut people out of their lives and there's no wrong way of doing it. All ways are okay. As long uh-huh. as you are healing, as long as it works for you. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Well, you're, you're talking about um, work you do with people. I think we probably are going to have to schedule another, another interview to talk about the professional side of things. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And I really appreciate this platform. I think, um, you know, out of, for, for confidentiality reasons and to protect my family, I appreciate the, the way that we're doing it today. Um, but yeah, I'd love to come back and talk, talk more about the other stuff. Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you. Thank you so much. You, you are a beautiful human being and I really appreciate thank you. you come on here and, and share these very, very important things. I, I know, I know as a professional, you're helping people, but just even, coming in and sharing something so personal and, and big is going to, going to help a lot of people. So I'm just uh, thankful to you and, and really appreciate your, your loving kindness. Thank you. Thank you so much. I do hope it helps at least one person and thank you, plant medicine. And thank you, Stuart. That concludes this edition of the stoned ape reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at stoned ape comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stone Apes.